Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yes, our first names are Mark and Sarah, and your first names are whatever they are, but are they iconic in song? That's what we're here to find out. Welcome back to episode two of our first name basis season, where we are looking at 40 songs here on Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs that utilize someone's first name, and we are determining through very scientific rankings which of these songs is the most iconic in its use of and association with a first name. Taking you on that journey, I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined by the mononymically excellent Sarah. Hello. Thank you for not singing it to me. Um, there's there's plenty of time for that, and it's not time for that in this episode. Um, hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us on this journey to learn much more about it and vote slash determine how it goes. Visit us at patreon.com slash We would love to have your input on this ride. Now, in episode two, another 10 songs are joining the top 40 rankings. Here's what we're doing in these first four episodes. Just a reminder, we're just giving them an up and down vote to see who gets into the top 20. So I'll vote or not for a song. Mark will. And then our Patreon supporters have also voted to determine who is moving on. We have 10 songs, starting with Fernando by ABBA. You may notice that uh, we ended last episode with Gloria. Um, Sometimes the alphabet presents some challenges, but this is how they were put in the polls. So we're just sticking with it. We're pretending F comes after G. It's our podcast. We do what we want. That's correct. Hey Jude by The Beatles. Hey There Delilah by Plain White Tees. Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Jolene by your friend and mine, Dolly Parton. Lola by The Kinks. Louie Luai by The Kingsman. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds by (laughs) your friend and Mark's The Beatles. And finally, (laughs) Luca by Suzanne Vega. This is a very strange grouping, Um, even a relatively straightforward grouping last week blew our minds with some of the criteria and how people voted and what people passed through and what people didn't. We have some clips. We have some feelings. Mark, are you prepared emotionally to begin up and down voting these 10 songs? I think I am. Do you hear the drums, Serenando? <laughs> Serenando. Uh, we have a clip of Fernando, if I'm not mistaken. Shall we start with that? Yes, we do. Here it is, Abba, taking it home. And I'm not ashamed to say there are guns and cannons almost made me cry. There was something in the air that night, the stars.
Oh, this is my favorite ABBA song, in case you're writing a book <laughs> about my favorite ABBA songs. Um, I do know Juan Fernando personally. When I met him, um, I was told in no uncertain terms before I could even open my mouth that I had better not sing it. And again, as a Sarah, I feel I feel those requests very deeply and honor them to to the extent that I'm able. With that said, I watch a lot of baseball. There's a lot of Fernandos. There's a lot of Fernandezes. There's a lot of Hernandezes. There's a lot of Hernands. I sing this multiple times a week. Um, guys in the stadium, like the PA guys who play the walk-up music, they play it when guys are coming out of the bullpen. I hear it a lot. This is definitely something that is attached to this song. And as we learned last week, one of my criteria is that you can hack it for other names. So uh, this was an easy yes vote for me. How'd you feel? Well, I just think, first of all, I love this song too. I love that ABBA decided they needed to sing a song about two retired Mexican soldiers remembering the good old days of battle. Like, <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I mean, and I, it, it wanted doing. was I wouldn't have thought they would do it, but sure. Okay, thank you. Sure. I also learned that originally this song was recorded as a solo for Ani Fried on one of her solo albums. Huh. But clearly it was just destined to be an ABBA song. You need those sweet harmonies. Anyway, this song is fantastic. I love it so much. And even when Lady Gaga and her song Alejandro sings about <sighs> Fernando uh-huh. in the chorus, like she starts singing about Roberto and Fernando, I'm like, it, I assume that the Fernando she means is the Fernando from this song. Even if it isn't what she means, in my mind, it is what she means. Because Fernando is this song, is this name. Like, they are inextricably linked. Yeah. Um, and Fernando is a name that comes up enough, like you said, that you have many opportunities in life to just be like, hello, Fernando. Yeah. And also that the very first line of the song is a simple question. Do you hear the drums, Fernando? Like, that's a really fun question to ask somebody. All of this to say, obviously, yes. This was a pass through for me. And it was the song that got the most votes in this episode from the patrons. So wow. our first last, six, I think. Is this our first six? Well, or did Come On Eileen uh, get Cecilia, a six? Cecilia. Right. I mean, Come On Eileen. Come On Eileen was a six from us. But uh, okay. it took us over half the episode to get to a six before. And we got here right away today. So we do hear the drums, Fernando. And they're calling for you. Um, I will add, before we move on to our next song that uh, recently I was watching a Law & Order rerun involving a um, young bride who um, is alleged to have conspired with her mother to kill her much, much older husband, whose name was Triandos. Did I insert this? Did I change the lyrics to, did you kill Gus Triandos? Yes, I did. Is this the episode that ends with the mother calling, saying her daughter is dumber than a box of hair? Yes. Yes, it is. What were we going to be? The two dancing idiot twins? <laughs> so good. I killed that man. You earned that money on your back. And that's why I killed that man. Mm-hmm. I've seen that episode too. In yeah, case you it's, tell. it's a classic. <laughs> Triandos. Yes. I'm sorry that I killed Triandos. Are you? Because you don't 
You don't seem that sorry, boo-boo. Um, oh, my God. I actually feel like I have to watch that today. It's one of my uh, favorite yeah. Law Orders of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll have time in the time it takes to listen to all of Hey Jude by the Beatles, which is unconscionably long and is our next song. We don't have a clip because why do we need one? It's just, hey, Jude, this was my number one overall in this group. Shout out to Judy, um, the, the one that we know for sure, and all the other Judys out there who have heard this a million times. You can also sing Hey Dude. Um, I've sung Hey Rude to people cutting me off in traffic. Huh. Um I don't particularly care for this song, but I think it is inextricably linked in the consciousness to the name. So this was a this was a no brainer for me, but I'm interested to hear what you and the patrons did. So to me also, I, I, I didn't even have the strength to look, but you just think how many articles about Jude Law were given the headline mm-hmm. Hey Jude. Yep. You know, like, because that's what people are going to reach for. And there are just enough Judes in the world. And like you said, it also suits a Judy. And uh, I think that I actually don't mind this song. Fun fact, it's one of the longest running number one songs, not in terms of number of weeks at the chart, but in terms of its runtime, because mm-hmm. it is almost eight minutes long. So Ugh. I think it was the the longest number one song in terms of runtime until... Taylor Swift's 10 minute version of all too well went to number one a few years ago. So anyway, well, look, DJs sometimes have to poo and that's right. So (laughs) this is what I always assume is happening when I hear this at like stairway to heaven on classic rock stations. It's like, Oh, someone's afternoon coffee kicked in. Enjoy. That's right. Well, I pass this song through as well because, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it is so iconic and it is about the name that's another thing like the, the reason i mean obviously the na 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 chorus is iconic too but mm-hmm. hey jude like that's the thing that people can sing like you know that when you get to the end of the na 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 na's you sing hey jude so mm-hmm. therefore yes for me now the patrons almost passed it through but they didn't quite so it's a four for hey jude huh. okay interesting yes so I also did pull a clip of Hey There Delilah, the only real hit for the rock band Plain White Tees. It was a number one hit uh, around about 2007, and uh, it was also really, really prominent in that particular season of American Idol where they sang it at Hollywood Week over yeah. and over and over again. Oh, God. Yeah, they did. This um, it just, this is one of those, um, the, the band's one huge hit is like not like them at all it's this joan osborne moment of the aughts yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, most of the rest of their songs are not like that but yay for them i mean and also there really is a delilah and apparently she barely remembered meeting this guy and she was kind of like oh you wrote this song about me who who are you again which <laughs> doesn't that just sum it all up in a way yeah <laughs> yeah and and now we're dredging her back into the spotlight. Yes, because uh, here's a clip. Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square again shine as bright as you. I swear it's true. 
Hey there, Delilah, don't you worry about the distance. I'm right there. If you get lonely, give this song another listen. Close your eyes. I feel like there's a litmus test for one's uh, gag reflex when one hears the line, Times Square can't shine as bright as you. Yeah, that was a that was a gorge riser for sure. It's <laughs> like, I just want to say this. Only you always can tell when someone has never lived in New York when they make any kind of positive reference to Times Square. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Like if you if you actually loved me, you would never compare me to Times Square, no. which is one of the it's like the devil's crotch of New York City. It's horrible. It, yeah. Fucking migraine inducing as well. Um and I say this as someone who lives within spitting distance of Times Square and still manages to almost never walk through it. Yeah, it's it's not easy to do. As someone who lived on 34th Street, close enough to the Empire State Building that when I was trying to go to work, I was constantly being asked to take pictures of people who thought that by standing at the base of it, they could get the top into the photo. Like, guys, please help me help you. But anyway... <laughs> Enough about living in um, Midtown, Manhattan, and environs. Um, I associate this song, which I had forgotten that this, like based on the title, that this was this song. But this reads not Delilah to me. This reads aughts um, CW programming promotion to (laughs) me. So, like, I have no kick with the song, but it's... It's a little glurgy. Like, I don't need, I'm not angry at having listened to it and prepped with it, but I'm all set, I think, with it. I don't know what other people are going to do, but this was, this was dead last in this group for me just because I don't, um, I don't, I think there's other Delilah songs that I would put ahead of this one. And I, the fact that this song is like, um, the, is like the, um, looking glass song for you, Brandy, that it's just like, like slides right off my brain and into my lap the right. minute I heard it. So it's a no for me, dog, but I'm interested to hear what other people's thought processes were. Well, um, on the Patreon poll, one of our listeners, the fabulous cat was kind of like, where y'all at? Why isn't there any support for Hey There Delilah? So some people really, really think this song should be passed through. But not enough because the patrons didn't vote for it. And I didn't either because to me, when I hear about Delilah, I either think of the Bible or I think of the call-in radio show host. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think about Delilah. Like that's, I'm going to basically sing my butchered version of her little audio tag before I'm going to sing this song. Yeah. Is this our first goose egg? It is. Every single song in episode one got at least two points so this is our first zero hmm all right it's a it's our first it's our first true baibu if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now next we have jeremy by pearl jam and i don't know how strongly pearl jam has hung on in the cultural consciousness but i was in middle school when the music video for jeremy came out and it was the shit The music video told the story of a young lad who was abused at home and eventually shot himself in front of his classmates, which sounds really bleak. And it is. But there was the video was also like 
just cool. It was just cool. The song is good. Eddie Vedder's vocal is great. And over and over and over again in the song, he goes, Jeremy spoke in class today. So if you were in seventh or eighth grade at the time with a Jeremy, which uh, I was, you definitely sang this to Jeremy every day until like me being asked where my funky bunch was. Mm. He finally said, please don't make me go to an institution. I can't take it anymore. Mm. So for that lived experience alone, I definitely passed Jeremy's Jeremy through Pearl Jam uh, I actually always like their music more than Nirvana's music. They're fine. I said it. They're going, it's going through from me. What about the patrons? Oh, they said no. Mm. <laughs> they said, Jeremy, shut the fuck up. Let somebody else talk in class today. Um, this one I really wrestled with because um, I preferred Nirvana to Pearl Jam. Um, I, and I heard this song, this was college for me and all Pearl Jam as a result is just like, you would be walking through whatever quad everyone is listening to this album, but it's not synced up obviously. So you were just get it in this like echo chamber, this like stroke inducing echo chamber of um, <laughs> King Jeremy, the wicked like, ugh. and Eddie Vedder as a cultural personality. Um, I think he actually would be a pretty interesting hang in person um, and there was an interview that a New York Times reporter did with him about one of his recent albums last year that is very long and sort of very personal and talks about people close to them both who they have lost to suicide. And it's intense and really made me think a lot more of Vetter as a thinker about music and writing and culture. But I can't stand this song anymore. I just heard it too many times. Is that relevant to the brief? No, it isn't. But I also didn't think it meant the brief for me because I I have never sung it to anyone, possibly because the content really feels like that's not something that you should sing to anyone or change the name so that it scans to something else. And I just don't think that this song or anything around it pearl jam wise is iconic because of the name so mm. this is absolutely a different use cases proving different things instance but i did not pass it through it wasn't that far off it wasn't that far off the bubble but i did not vote for it so well, the patrons didn't either. So that means of our first four songs, we have four different scores. Uh, we had a six, then a four, oh. then a zero, and now a two. So and, uh, again, not necessarily, if I had been told that, I'm not. I absolutely would not have assigned them correctly. It's like, what are these yep, got a six? Which one? Like, mm. this is going to be the season where shit never works out like we think, and that yeah. is fine by me. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Now. Next, we have a, a clip from Rick Springfield's only number one single, Jesse's Girl, but certainly not his only good single because there are lots of those. Uh, to me, this song absolutely meets the brief because Jesse is a name for a boy or a girl. Jesse's Girl works with just about anyone you can imagine. I have 
sung it. I have a lesbian friend named Jesse about whom I have sung this song. I was in college with a guy named a guy named Jesse about whom, of course, I have sung this song. If you're Uncle Jesse from Full House, of course, you're going to sing this song about yourself. If you are a father or a mother named Jesse, then you're going to sing it about your daughter. I mean, it's just like there are the there are no limits to my mind of the usefulness for this song with regard to what we are talking about in this season. It is absolutely an easy pass through for me. Uh, and now let's listen to a clip. Here's an interesting thing to think about. You're Rick Springfield. You want Jesse's girl, just fucking take her. She's not going to say <laughs> no. This has bugged me for 40 years, frankly. Um, I have a cousin named Jesse. We did used to sing this to her doll. She was born like the year this came out. Um, I did not pass it through. It was so close. In my overall rankings for this set, it was number six. But... Where I get hung up, which is a ridiculous sticking point given how fluid my criteria can be depending <laughs> on whether I like the song, it's that it's Jesse's girl. So that possessive and like fitting it in to the story that you are singing to someone named Jesse. Um, I, this like, is amazing. I know. I, <laughs> I know. It's, it's so dumb. Also... I um, felt like I would not have to think about this really because everybody else was going to pass it through. So it just missed for me. Um, this song remains a banger. I feel like Rick Springfield's output overall is underappreciated. And maybe one of these days we should do a like General Hospital 80s hotties album ranking or something. But Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Calling Jack um, Wagner to the stage. Yeah. And Rick Springfield's... Uh, memoir apparently is really good and he names some names which I always appreciate that when he's like someone I worked with he's like no such and so here's their address dox them like cool okay cool <laughs> um yeah I I love the song I realized that my process here is deranged but it was a no <laughs> for me if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I just love imagining you like 
covered in different colored highlighter marks that are on your arms and face. Yes. There's like, <laughs> your glasses are askew, but you're like, I did it. Finally, here's the list. Yes. I mean, post-it glue fumes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm feeling rather faint. Uh, I, I assume the patrons did not have this level of lunacy. No, they, they, they passed it right on through. So uh-huh. that's four points for okay. Jesse's girl today. All right. Now, where did you land on Dolly Parton's classic Jolene? Oh, God. This one was a real struggle. I mean, you know, I think how many Jolines you know really depends on how old you are and what region of the American South you're from. I have sung this to, like, people in my people in my husband's family named Erlene and Aline, but I don't. Don't know any Jolines, and I don't think anybody would be stupid enough to name their child Jolene at this point, especially if uh, they have red hair. That's just not something that you need to do to a, a little baby. Um, I just do not feel, even though this is one, uh, if it's not the most iconic Dolly Parton song, it's in that conversation and in the top four or five, but I don't think it's because of the name. I think it's because of the story. I think it's because of the vocal. And I think it's just, there's not enough Jolene's. Probably because of this song. She fucking burned it for a whole generation, which, fair, like, that's, that She sure counts. did, yeah. Um, if that is your criterion, that you're like, yeah, she burned it for a whole generation. That's why it should pass through. I actually don't disagree with you, but my feeling was no. What about you? I also said no. Because to me, there just aren't any... uh, To me, Jolene is a name that only exists inside this song. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she has basically single-handedly made sure that no one will ever be named Jolene again is an awesome testament to her power. Yeah. But is not making the song really pop for this particular season. For me. Yeah, fair. So the patrons did wave it through but i didn't and you didn't so that's just two points for ms jojo over here yeah i had absolutely no idea where anybody else was going to come out with that i struggled with this one i will say that this song is the one that was on and off on and off on and off for me it came awfully close and in fact was on the final list more than once but like um siobhan at the end of the final episode of succession We shouldn't include that actually that's a really big spoiler for the end of the uh, show i'll anyway. just put a uh i'll just put like a long beep or like the hello yeah. show music it's fine <laughs> amazing so uh the, and in fact i will just say because the the song that got on there instead of jolene is next i'll go ahead and say that lola did make it through for me and it was at a, a, an 11th hour decision but i just really like this song and if I ever meet a Lola, there are enough Lolas in the world, I think, that I would probably sing this to them. Even though Whatever Lola Wants from Damn Yankees is another great Lola song, this one is, I think, even more iconic because you get to go Lolo, Lolo, Lola, which is just very fun. Uh, also, I have mad respect for the Kinks and for Ray Davies, who wrote the song, uh, for writing a song that 
positively depicts a person who is having a gender journey mm-hmm. in 1970. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, this is a song from 1970 when a person whose gender is non-binary, at the very least, was celebrated, admired, given power and agency inside the song. Like, hot damn. Just from a political perspective, that's cool. But also it's a really fucking good song and it's funny and it's sexy. And there's a wit and a self-deprecation in the way that the narrator depicts himself that I like. But you also clearly know that some good sex was had. Uh And even if it was just like flirty, I mean, maybe it wasn't actual sex, but there was some like it was a hot night and not just because of the temperature. And any song that makes me feel like, yeah, get it. Touch him. Yes, everybody's loving it tonight. Like, that's sexy and hot, and I like that too. So I'm glad that this song was a top 10 hit in 1970. I think it's remarkable that it was. I'm glad it exists. Uh, It did reach number nine. It's a great song. Here's a clip. She walked up to me and she asked me to dance. I asked her her name and in a top voice she said hello. so good i will also add i was um googling around um about this song because i i passed it through i will say but i i don't think this is even the definitive lola like if i met a lola i would sing whatever lola wants and little man little lola wants you uh because that's that's the one that i always like hack to fit other names that scan including my own i have sung that my husband but this song like this song has been in the consciousness for over half a century with a trans person and a gender journey at the center um radio has requested that lyrics be changed but not that part of it the coca-cola part so he did record a version that said cherry cola instead because coca-cola was being a pill in the uk about having the trademark on the radio, which is amazing. But this song also, I know the words to Yoda by Weird Al. So those are also really sticky. And the way that he adapted <laughs> it to, I met him in a swamp down in Dagobah. And it's a really good version that I think actually Ray Davies helped him write and or played on maybe. I'd have to look that up. But this is so enduring for so many reasons. And Weirdly, it's both iconic because of the name and iconic because the name can be substituted. And it's not the only um, gender journey slash trans celebrate like celebration of trans stories and life that we're talking about this season. So um, you, you got to love a season that is weirdly centering a bunch of things that it's like, oh, happy accidents. Um, so yeah, this, this was waved through for me, no problem. And the patrons also put it through. So it's another straight six, ladies and germs. Nice. Uh, ironic emphasis on the straight, I guess, in that (laughs) phrasing. Now we don't have a clip of Louie Louie by the Kingsman, but I'm guessing we don't need one because it's just in the, it's been in the ether all these years, Louie Louie, 
We have heard it. We have heard it in a recent season because um, JVC Force samples it in one of the songs that I brought to us. Well, Uh, and much like Barbara Ann and Elvira, this is another one that it sounds like everybody was real drunk when they recorded it, but that's fine by me. Yeah, the the name part is like the only intelligible lyric. I make I get a peas and carrots. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Eating a food item beach so falling, falling over. I don't live here. Wait a it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a yes for me. What about you? Uh, it was not for me. Okay. Because I love the song, but it's not because of the name. It's just because of the vibe. Yeah. Fair. It is like Barth from uh, You Can't Do That on Television, actually. <laughs> in case you're No, not- you did not just bring up Barth in his stained apron. <laughs> oh, I, I did. I uh, <laughs> I have that clip <laughs> on the board for my other podcast, Quaid in Full, because um, sometimes Dennis Quaid shortcuts to that instead of actually acting. A line he's like, that. <laughs> oh. Amazing. Well, um, the patrons didn't put it through either. So I guess it's not going to move forward, but I wouldn't have been mad if it did. Mm. I just, for me, it's like the vibe, not the name. Yeah. And, Fair. Frankly, it's that Brother Louie song by, I think they're called Stairs? Louie, 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 Louie. That's the song that I think of when I think of Louie. So it's not I mean, my go-to yeah. pick for a Louie song, which is another reason that I, I didn't um, I didn't choose it. Yeah, it was like, it was near the bubble for me, but I did pass it through. That said, I did not. This is one of the few songs where I had a feeling that I knew what was going to happen. And that is in fact what happened. Uh, Brother Louie by stories. Sorry. Stories. Mm. Uh, well, you know what though? Louie Louie is going to be fine without us. So yeah. no worries. It has been for many a decade. Now I, ch- I did pick a clip of our next song because <sighs> you're hoping that it doesn't episodes, go through. <laughs> that's well, because I feel like in these early episodes, we want to pick, I want to pick clips of songs that we probably won't talk about again. And so I kind of tried to manifest that by yes. choosing a clip of Lucy in the Sky feeling. with Diamonds. Um, if you haven't listened to our ranking episode where we rank every song on the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, let me spoil something for you. I hate this song and time hasn't softened me on it. I hate it so much. I hate it. But... He- he tried to give it negative points and also a color yeah. brown. Like, I, it was bad. I ranked this song. I gave it wooden shoe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I give so, it toenail in my pudding. Uh-huh. All right. Should we hear a clip and get it over with? Yes. Okay. Here we go. It's going to be okay. Deep breaths. Okay. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. 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 L
Did you have any other ways in which you were gauging this aside from um, despicability? Or should well, I? Here's talk the for thing. A while? This is the one instance in this whole season where my antipathy for the song short circuited everything else, and I just <laughs> said no. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's where I came out with it. I would I will be interested to hear what the Patreons did. I would like to hear from Lucy's and Lucille's um, on this because uh, I would sing Lucille by the Hollies before I would sing this to anyone named Lucy or Lou. I would sing Hey Lou by Liz Fair. Hello, Ron King. Um, I like I have a cat named Lucy who I call Lou, and I don't sing like we don't call her Lucy, but I just would not sing this partly because. As I have said before, I am named Sarah and I like do not want to pay that forward <laughs> to anybody with this shit, but partly because this song is not associated for me with the name Lucy. It's the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds psychedelia, they're talking about LSD part. Um, it's I mean, it's not my favorite song in their catalog either, even though I'm more Beatles forward than Mark. But this just isn't, this is, this doesn't meet the brief for me. So um, let me put you out of your misery, hopefully, in this regard. I did not pass it through. Sorry. Neither did the patrons. A big old goose egg for LSD. Shit. Well, look, they've got Hey Jude. And also, they're the Beatles. I feel like they're going to be fine. Yeah. It's possible that they'll never even learn that what we have to say about them. (laughs) Two of them are what? dead. <laughs> this isn't being piped directly into Sir Paul's ear holes. <laughs> Objection. Oh my God. Who do I have to call? Yeah. How dare you? Well, that leaves us with only one song, and that is Suzanne Vega's Luca, a number three hit in the late 80s, and such a surprising song to become a number three hit since it is about child abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, That said, I love this song. I think that Suzanne Vega is great. This is a great example of why. Of course, I can sing every single word. I do know that Luca lives upstairs for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I do think I've seen him before. And I actually regretted not putting this song through after the fact, but I okay. didn't because I was just like, I think this song does fit the brief, but I think it it, it, it does. But then so does Jesse's Girl and so does Lola. So it was almost like an embarrassment yeah. of riches with this collection of songs. Yeah. But if you and the patrons put it through, and I'll say that the patrons did, then I don't have to feel guilty and we'll ha- hear from the song again. Well, this this was a tough one because like Jeremy, it's like, are we, it feels a little flip given the subject matter to be like, this is a song that you would sing to someone named Luca, or in my case, Micah or Lucas or any other song that fits. Um, when we were recapping the show ER, um, and there was a character played by Goran Vistinich who showed up named Luca, this character. We definitely made that reference in the recaps. My feeling is that it's more what comes after my name is bump bump. And like that, that meter is what triggers the response versus the name Luca. But it, it kind of doesn't matter why like I think the fact that it ha- the song has this power in the build is why we still talk about it, even though it seems flip. 
With all of that said, and I still love this song. I love this whole album. I went back and listened to some other tracks after listening to this one. Um, and uh, like bugged out to a 20 minute remix of Tom's Diner for a while while I was cleaning up my office um, in case anyone's writing a book about my weird shit that goes on when, I, when I'm not on the mic with all of you. Long story even longer. Um, this, I didn't think this was going to make the cut, but it was number five out of ten, so I passed it through. Yes, and the patrons did too. So that I means, am Sarah, kind of shocked. Last- I'm kind of shocked that it was. I thought this might get a four, but I thought it would be from the two of us. Interesting. Well, and okay. I, I really, and I like I said, I truly did regret that I didn't mm-hmm. put it through before. But again, I didn't know there's too much to choose from. Yeah, but true. it all worked out. No guilt for me over Miss Vega because she is going through to the next round. Um, unlike episode one, we don't have to do any tie breaks or anything. I was just going to ask. Very clear. All right. So our straight sixes were Lola and Fernando. Uh huh. And then our remaining three songs with four points were Hey Jude, Jesse's Girl, and Luca. That's. That's weird. That's just weird. I don't, I have no words left for the weirdness and it's only starting. And by the way, we haven't even gotten to the song with my name in it yet and how many of them there were. And I just like, I'm looking at the list for next time and I just feel both um, extremely heartened that I have made good choices in my life that have brought me to this point, but also despairing as to how I am going to get out of this one because what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I will say that in, uh, in next, in episode three, I, um, there are a couple that I still don't know what to do and I'm just going to basically, be at the last second, I think, just as we're hitting pl- record, I'm going to be like, okay, this one, fine. Yeah, that, I mean, at like T minus 22 this morning, I moved some shit, I'm not going to lie. But it was like, my criteria are my criteria. Also, I've said the word criteria too many times. <laughs> we need to end this episode, but before we do, once again, a reminder that you can get in on this process and become an even bigger part of the conversation at patreon.com slash mastass. We're also on Twitter at talk songs and we are on Facebook at mastass.podcast. Is that right? Yes, that's our, correct. Our naming conventions across social media are not consistent. And after fucking 88 years of doing it, I still have to stop and think about what our social media yeah, handles know. are. In 2016, we didn't know about all that crap. No. We didn't, we didn't know. Um, but we do know that we can't make this podcast without you guys. We really appreciate your listening and we will talk to you next time. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And little man, little Lola wants you. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me. And edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. 
And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm irresistible, you fool, give it. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. I always get what I aim for, and your heart and soul is what. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.